Shake the Room, Fire Nation. JLD here, and welcome to episode 1999 of EO Fire, where I chat with entrepreneurs on fire seven days a week. And I want you, Fire Nation, to check out our free podcasting course so that you can create, grow, and monetize your podcast, freepodcastcourse.com. Now let's chat with today's featured guest, Wade Foster. Wade, are you prepared to ignite? (laughs) Yes, let's do it. Yes. Wade is the CEO and co-founder of Zapier, a workflow automation and productivity software used by over a million people. He's a Y Combinator alumni, avid racquetball player, and Missouri native. Wait, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us just a little glimpse of your personal life. I work on Zapier most of the time. I play a lot of racquetball. I hang out with my wife and dog and, you know, that's that's it. That fills the day for me. <laughs> well, by the time people hear this, it'll be uh, said and done. But while we're talking, it's the middle of March madness. So are you a, a Missouri fan? Oh, I'm excited. We're back in the dance for the first time in five years. So uh, it should be good. I've got it all queued up, ready to watch on Friday night they play. So, Well, listen, if you got uh, some time on Friday afternoon, you can watch my team, Providence College, who's in it for the fifth straight year. One of only 13 (laughs) teams to do that, by the way. Pretty awesome stuff. Um, We're going to be playing at Texas A&M at 1215. So I'm pretty fired up for that. That'll be good. A&M's got a good team. So listen, brother, we're going to talk about Zapier because as we uh, shared in the little pre-interview chat that we had, Zapier does make people happier. It's just a reality. But first and foremost, what would you say today your area of expertise is? At our stage, you know, we have 140 people on the team. The thing that I've become better at and perhaps even good at is just learning quickly because as our org grows fast, you kind of have to reinvent what you do um, every six months or so. And so uh, I'm constantly trying to learn new things, stay ahead of the curve just a little bit, get the right people around you, the right advisors and mentors and all that stuff to be able to learn fast enough. Uh, And as a result, I think we've built a pretty cool and useful and um, productive team over here at Zapier. 140 people. That's a massive team. Um, I'm really impressed by it. I didn't actually know it had grown to that number. So that's huge. Question that I would love to have you answer for us is, what's something that surprised you um, while growing a team to 140 Mm -hmm. people? Something like you didn't maybe expect, but now you're like, wow, that could have been good to know. If you're an entrepreneur, or at least if you're like me as an entrepreneur, a lot of times you get into uh, the business because you want to you want to do your own thing, right? Like you want to kind of control your own destiny, your own direction. You want to call your own shots, that sort of stuff. And, you know, you kind of assume that of the folks that you hire in and bring around you. So you kind of shirk off like traditional management. You're like, you know, no one wants a boss. Uh, That's not super interesting to folks. And so uh, I kind of was slow to implement kind of a more traditional management structure at Zapier, but I did a complete 180 uh, on that. And now I'm like, the next company I do, we're going to have traditional management pretty much from the get-go because it's so valuable uh, to helping your team level up, align on the direction that you're going, uh, and make sure that you're all kind of heading towards the same goals. So I guess basically the summation is if you could kind of do it all over again, you would have started implementing more of a traditional structure early on. 
What does that look like exactly? Like what is one step that you would have taken earlier that's really helped you get to where you're at now? The most basic thing I would have done is weekly one-on-ones with every person on the team for just 30 minutes and just, hey, how's your week going? How's life? How's work treating you? Just tell me what's on your mind. Uh, I would have done that from the very get-go, even with our first employee. Fire Nation, Paul Graham is famous for saying, do things that don't scale. And yes, we're entrepreneurs. We want to leverage. We want to scale our faces off. But you have to do things that don't scale if you are going to do things that eventually do scale. And let me just tell you, having those one-on-one conversations would have been absolutely revealing to Wade early on in his game. And I mean, that's just one of the things where you can do those things that don't scale at first, but then you learn things through those conversations, you know, through those sessions that you can then implement that's going to help you scale and leverage down that road. So don't be afraid of doing things that don't scale. I love that feedback, Wade. Now let's go to your journey as an entrepreneur. I mean, you weren't always rocking Zapier at 140 employees, a little over a million users. I mean, those are just massive numbers. And honestly, I'll be surprised if anybody listening to this show hasn't heard the word Zapier before. I mean, your branding has been great. A lot of people use it. It's kind of like become that verb in a way where people say like Kleenex instead of tissue. You know, when people are trying to connect like two different softwares, they just say Zapier instead of anything else. Mm -hmm. Like you've done a great job with that. But what was the worst moment? that you've experienced as an entrepreneur. Take us to that moment. Tell us that story. I think the thing that was toughest for me was in that very first year when we were starting Zapier. You know, we were working crazy hours, to be honest. Um, It's not something I would recommend for the long haul for most entrepreneurs to do that. We were working insane hours. We'd moved to California. My wife had come out. We're away from family. And I got a call from my mom one afternoon saying my dad had had a heart attack uh, and it turned out he didn't make it. And, you know, I think that was a, a bit of a, just, just a smidge of a wake up call for me. It's like, you know, this business I'm working on is important, but the friends and the family that I have around me, these are the people that are going to be with me until the end. And so it was, you know, it's not that I was ignoring them or not spending time with them, things like that. But, you know, my, my, priorities had shifted just a little bit towards Zapier. And, and I think it was a, it was a bit of a chance to step back and kind of realign and think about what my daily routines would look like and how I should spend my time and schedule my weeks to be more productive at work so that I could have the life that I wanted with my friends and family. There's a couple of things I want to add to that because Fire Nation, this is such an important topic on so many levels. Uh, Number one, I actually, probably about three or four years ago, had this incredibly realistic dream uh, that my father passed away. And I mean, the dream was so real. It was one of those dreams like your emotions are so real that when you wake up for a minute, like it literally still happens. And I remember one of my biggest uh, regrets, like waking up and having that still feel real to me was, you know, that my dad was not going to be able to continue to see the success of what I was building with my show because I know he was so proud of me and, and I was so proud to make him proud. Like that dynamic was so important to me, but I didn't really realize it until I had that dream and like he died. And like the first thought was, 
oh my goodness, like I don't have him to quote unquote kind of like impress and, and, and kind of drive me from behind the scenes right now. Like, like does any of this even matter? I mean, that was kind of a dramatic kind of thought that I went to, but that was my honest first thought. And it made me really think that, wow, you know, like uh, family is obviously so important. I knew that, but it made me kind of double down on that. And another thing that was really interesting, I'm not sure if you've actually read this yet, Wade, but it's a great article on Wait But Why, this website. And the author is Tim Urban. And he has this really kind of just brutally honest article about um, how we live our lives. And that by the time essentially you turn like 25 or 30 years old, I don't remember the exact age, but he graphs it out beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, you've already spent 90% of the time that you will ever spend with your parents. Like it's already in the past. So if you're like listening to this and you're like 25 years old, you've already spent 90% of the time that you will ever spend with your parents. You only have another 10% left, meaning like, you know, one to 18, most people, you know, you're seeing them every day, you're, you know, breakfast and you go to high school and all these different things. But that's just such a slap in the face. It's like, wow, I literally have 10% of the time I've spent. I have, a, you know, of the 100% of time I'm going to spend with my parents in my lifetime, 90% of that's gone. And, you know, that's made people like Tim Ferriss actually go back and start to plan vacations with his family and his parents now because he realizes, hey, like, it's going to be over at some point. And it's just a realization. It's better to make sooner than later. Like, I'm going on a cruise um, with Kate's parents and my parents this coming October in Rome. I mean... It's these type of things that you just got to get on the schedule, Fire Nation. You have to make it happen because, you know, you're only going to have regret if you don't take the time now. So, Wade, I kind of want to move forward now and talk about your aha moment. Like, you've had a lot of great aha moments. I Actually, maybe I'm kind of curious. Maybe I'll even try to directly ask you, like, what was the aha moment for Zapier? Like, how did that idea, which has now turned into a million users, 140 employees, how did that idea hit you? Where did it come from? So my co-founder, Brian, and I, we were doing a lot of freelancing back in Columbia, Missouri at the start of, uh, well, before Zapier. And we'd often get asked to build these kind of one-off integrations. You know, we did like a PayPal QuickBooks thing. We did like a WordPress Salesforce thing. And Brian messaged me on iChat one afternoon. He's like, you know, I think we can make this thing that allows folks to set these types of integrations up on on their own. They don't have to hire engineers to make this stuff. I was like, you know, it makes some sense. Uh, let's let's see if we can get something going. And so we started hacking around on it. Um, but even then, you know, when you have the initial idea, a lot of times you're kind of like, it's it's a good idea, but you don't feel it like, is this really the thing that's going to be that, that that's going to work really well? And so for me, the the moment that tipped over to like, holy crap, this is going to work was um, I, I cold email Andrew Warner of Mixergy asking him about um, – he, he was on like a, a forum asking for like a PayPal high rise integration. And so I messaged him and said, Hey, you still looking for a PayPal high rise thing? If so, we might be able to help you out. If not curious what you found. And he's like, no, I'm not, but I really need this woo I Weber thing. So we built it out for him that night and I got on Skype, showed him how to use it. And it was bad to be honest. Like the product was bad at that point in time. But at the end of that, uh, at the end of chatting with him, he was like, oh my God, this is going to help my business so much. How much money do I owe you? And I remember getting off that call and thinking, holy cow, this product is not very good yet. And he was so excited <laughs> about this. You could just hear the energy in his voice. And I was like, this is great. We've got something now because if we can actually make this product good, imagine the reaction then. Uh, and so that to me was like the tilt tipping point of 
we, we have something here. Fire Nation, the curse of knowledge is so real. Like when we as humans know something, we kind of assume that other people know those things when the reality is probably 90 to 99% of people don't at least to the level that you know that thing. And, you know, when you're really good at building out stuff or doing X, doing Y or doing the software and you don't think it's that good, well, 99% of people (laughs) might think it's pretty good. And that should be an exciting thing for you to realize, hey, if they think it's good at this level, what if I even step up to the next level? I mean, this could really be something special. So don't have this curse of knowledge where just because you know something, you just assume other people know it or just because you know you're really good at something and you create a crappy product that other people might not think is actually kind of decent because they're just not at that same level like I definitely remember when I was in law school um, hearing this fact that will always stay with me is that a subject matter expert in a court of law is somebody who's defined as they know more than other people in the room like it's you're a subject matter expert if you know more than other people in the room so Fire Nation what are you a subject matter expert on don't take that lightly. So, Wade, that's really my big takeaway from your aha moment. What do you want to make sure Fire Nation gets from that story? You know, I think the thing on that is to relentlessly focus on who your customer is because, like you said, you do have that curse of knowledge. So what you think is good or not good, like it's, you, your brain can't realize that. So your customer is really the one who is the decider of that sort of stuff. So pay attention to what they say, listen to their feedback, get your offerings in front of them and find ways to solve problems for them. They'll guide you to where you need to go. I think it is that combination, Fire Nation. It's you having that curse of knowledge, number one. So like, don't let that hold you back. And, you know, then just recognize, hey, let me do things that don't scale. Like this is the theme that we're kind of concocting right here. Like do things that don't scale and don't have that curse of knowledge by saying, you know, just because you assume you know it or that it's obvious knowledge, it just may not be for everybody else. So let's kind of move forward into something that you're fired up about today. What really gets you out of bed in the morning? You know, I think the thing that still gets me out of bed is just scaling Zapier. I'm still so excited about helping our customers and growing this team. You know, we're, we're in a pretty rare position. We have 140 people, a distributed team, and there's just not that many companies that have done that. And so I'm really excited to be a continue scaling out this team uh, and and see where we, where we can go and take this and, you know, kind of prove some folks wrong that you can scale and build a, a really big distributed company. Now, you can't have 30-minute chats with 140 employees every single <laughs> week like, you know, you said you wish you had done back in the early days. So what do you do today to still stay connected with your audience or not even with your audience, with your employees? Yeah, yeah. So I think the big thing is, you know, you have your management structure. So all of the people that report to me are doing those 30-minute one-on-ones. And so you kind of get to hear secondhand a little bit about it. But I also make time for uh, what's called skip level uh, one-on-one. So I'll dip down, you know, layer below me in the, the hierarchy and I'll do 30-minute one-on-ones with those. I'll do like group sessions with a handful of folks uh, to hear a little bit more from them about how things are going. We do these things called pair chats at Zapier weekly where I randomly get paired up with one other person on the company and I just chat with them informally about how things are going both personally and professionally. So, you know, I still carve out of my schedule on a weekly basis, a couple hours um, to take time chatting to folks on the team who are not um, directly reporting to me. 
Love those. Hope you employ both of those Fire Nation if you're currently growing out a team. Number one, if you're super early, you just have a couple, have those 30-minute conversations. Believe me, Wade, myself, we guarantee they'll be valuable. And then as your team grows to the point where that's just not possible, you know, implement some of these things that Wade's talking about, you know, the skip levels and the pair chats and all these different things. And if you think that Wade's been dropping value bombs thus far, Fire Nation. You are correct, but guess what? More are coming up in the lightning round when we get back from thanking our sponsors. Being an entrepreneur means you're ready for anything, and oftentimes that means being proactive about securing your data and business info by backing up your software programs, having your info backed up and securely waiting for you whenever you need it, no matter where you are, is huge peace of mind. Now, if you're like me, you're probably not even sure where to start with something like this, but luckily, this is exactly how Right Networks can help. Right Networks helps entrepreneurs securely transition applications like QuickBooks Desktop or Microsoft Office to the cloud. That means that you can keep close track of your finances and operations from anywhere, anytime, giving you and your team maximum flexibility. Never worry about servers, backups, or needing additional storage again. With their 24-7, 365 US-based support, Right Networks has your back. To learn more, give Right Networks a call at 888-469-5905. And for a special 10% discount mention, Entrepreneurs on Fire, before May 1st, 2018. That's 888-469-5905. If there's one thing I know for sure about running your own business is that it can be really confusing and overwhelming, especially when it comes to managing a team and all things HR. Luckily, there's one technology company that takes a different approach to making HR simple, and that's Namely. Namely is the only all-in-one HR, payroll, and benefit software employees love to use. Ready to clock in? No problem. Need to write a performance review? You can do that. Want to schedule some vacation time? Namely makes it easy to do, even from your phone. Namely also has a social news feed like Facebook, where employees can share updates, celebrate birthdays, and give shout-outs for a job well done. Namely doesn't just make work easier. It actually makes it a little more fun, too. Over 1,000 companies use Namely every day. If you're in HR or run your own business, it's time to see Namely in action. Get a free demo by visiting namely.com slash fire. That's namely.com slash fire. See how you can build a better workplace with Namely. Wait, are you ready to rock the lightning rounds? Let's do it. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I didn't even know what entrepreneurship was, to be honest. Like growing up, you know, I grew up in a conservative Midwest town. There wasn't really much information about that. Like the way that the way that you had a successful life was you go to school, you study, study a good degree, you go get a job, you work for, you know, 40 years, you retire and like, that's a good life. And that definitely is a good life, no doubt uh, for many people. But for me, I didn't know, I didn't see anything else. And so having that opportunity to kind of discover entrepreneurship was a critical turning point for me and realizing that, hey, entrepreneurship is much about learning the rules, but then also breaking them at the right time and saying like, hey, we can do things a little differently here uh, and make something special. What's the best advice you've ever received? The best time to plant a tree was like, you know, a decade ago. The second best time is today. Uh, And so I think that still rings true to me where it's like, you know, yeah, you can beat yourself up on all the things you should have, could have, would have done way back when. 
but you still have a lot of a lot of you know runway ahead of you. So yeah, you didn't do it then, but let's do it now, and you can plant that tree. And really, if you do it well and and tend to it well, uh, in five years, ten years, you will have made something special. What's a personal habit that contributes to your success? Racquetball is a really important routine. It helps keep me. I get exercise. It helps break up my days. You know, I'm stopping at work 5:30 every day, uh, heading to the gym. Uh, so it's a really healthy routine, and that keeps me healathy and keeps me uh, keeps a bit of work life balance in place for me. Recommend one internet resource besides Zapier. <laughs> you know, a lot of these things I've been talking about today around uh, management, I picked up from the site Manager Tools. It's a podcast that teaches you just the the one on ones of management. It gets really tactical. Uh, the words you should say, things like that. It doesn't stay way high level in the fluffy clouds. It really gives you stuff that that you can take and apply today. Recommend one book and share why. The book that changed uh, my perception of entrepreneurship was um, Steve Blank's Four Steps to the Epiphany. It really outlines the difference between entrepreneurship and a startup versus working in a company that has product market fit. So it really digs into the details and gives you kind of a tactical plan and a bit of a scientific approach to uh, creating a product that people love. Well, Fire Nation, if you're not an Audible member, you can get that book for free. Just visit eofirebook.com and you are on fire. And wait, I want to end today on fire with a parting piece of guidance from you. We'll get the best way that we can connect with you and then we'll say goodbye. Don't hold yourself back. Get started today. Uh, You know, if you see problems ahead of you, don't do things that don't scale, Uh, you know, yeah, the best time to plant a tree was ten, a, a decade ago, but the second best time is now. So just uh, if you see a thing that you should be tackling, go tackle it now. The best way to connect with me, two ways, actually. I'm fairly active on Twitter, at Wade Foster. You can get me there. And also email is great, wadeatzapier.com. Uh, I, don't, I may not respond immediately, but one to two days, I'll certainly be back to you. Fire Nation, this is the founder of a 140-person company. This is a founder of a company who has a million users. He's given you his email. If you have a question about something that you're working on, take him up on this, wade at zapier.com. And Fire Nation, you're the average. Of the five people you spend the most time with, and you've been hanging out with Wade and JLD today, so keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Wade in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today. These are the best show notes in the biz. Timestamps, links galore. And Wade, I want to thank you, brother, for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Hey, Fire Nation. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Wade today. And productivity, discipline, focus, those are my three greatest strengths. And they can be yours too. Visit themasteryjournal.com and master all three skills in 100 days. And I will catch you there, Fire Nation. Or I'll catch you on the flip side.